prepare to enter the Elf Tree. Hi, there. Hi, there. Oh, my God. I'm Ian. And I'm Joe. Hey. And Joe just blindsided me with uh, the beginning of the show. I gave you the uh, the little old, uh, <laughs> what song was that there? The switcheroo. He, uh, he swamped out our original theme song for, um, I guess. What's uh, the name of it? That's a theme song th- that has been in a number of different incarnations. It started off as McCookin theme song. Yeah. And it was a uh, theme song to the atrium. And uh, then it became the theme song to We 2 d 2 So it's a, it is the I officially it, known as the Atrium theme song. I played it, uh, I put it on there for a special reason because... <laughs> he did. There's two, two glorious things happening today. Is One, it's our 10th episode. 10 episodes! Ding. I mean, this is, this is a milestone. We're eating cake right now. Next one's like maybe 25. Yeah, maybe 25. And yeah. then 50. So we have uh, fifty-two. We'll go with fifty-two because 52. at that point, at that point, we'll have had you know. 52. Technically, if you consider once a week, is it like the? That's a year's worth 50, of shows. Isn't that how many cards are in a deck? Fifty-two cards yeah. are in a deck. Yeah, including the two jokers. I was about to say, isn't that how many cards are in a deck of cards are in a deck? Yeah, cards are cards are in a deck. <laughs> it's, of like, it's like, <laughs> it's like a, the song that never ends. Yeah, ninety-nine bottles of beer on the wall. Ten episodes today, and uh, we've decided to to celebrate also the coinciding of uh one year since we started principal photography let me try that again must probably <laughs> one year since we started principal photography on the atrium shit i know it's flown by like it that has, year i i didn't really even realize how quickly time was going by until about a month ago yeah. when bailey one of our cast members Bailey Lawrence, shout out. I'm going to tell her she's on the episode. So she'll be able to hear herself right up front. She won't have to go any farther than this. She'll oh, just hell be yeah. like, oh yeah, I heard myself. It's and that's me. It. All right, um, and stop. Then she reminded um, me, I guess she texted Shelby and I, that's probably what it was, mm-hmm. um, just about how it had been a year since we'd held these auditions and met all these people for the very first time and then cast them and like got to really work with them in the trenches for man you know our entire shoot it was, so you guys it was uh fun. you and uh shelby cook worked on this you wrote it together shout out and shout out shelby uh we did we wrote it together based on it's a it's a sitcom about five people who run an event center and do everything in their power to avoid as much work as possible mm-hmm. um and it's it's just it's crazy, dude. It takes place in that event center that you had spent much time in. We had Shelby and I grew up uh, in Garland, Texas, and we were very active in this like theater community, theater community in our mm-hmm. local community theater community, community. theater. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, in our uh, you know just local town. Mm-hmm. And shout out Garland. The- Garland. They're all like on their horses shooting. Okay, that's not how Texans are anymore. In big we do cities. all we do all wear cowboy hats. You know, <laughs> it's fun to was, play on. The, yeah, the yeah. ten gallon hat. <laughs> yeah. Um, but one of the buildings in this in this art center is a an atrium type building, which is kind of a ballroom event center. Uh, they do a lot of wedding receptions and a lot of banquets and all sorts of crap. Yeah, including city events. Because uh, technically, I guess it's a city run building, but. 
Shelby and I both spent uh, quite a bit of our childhood there. And then later on in life, we spent, uh, gosh, a good portion of a year and a half, almost two years working there. And just, what would you do? Like, what, what, what kind of did your day at the atrium <laughs> look at, like? Wow. Um, our day at the atrium kind of started nights, uh, at night, mostly. Did you have to wear a tuxedo when you worked or? We did. We did little full blown, like with tails and everything <laughs> and a little top hat. Um, <laughs> would you like more soup, sir? <laughs> Monocle. Yeah, like yeah exactly. <laughs> um, the Monopoly guy. Yeah. With the. The, like walrus stash, Justin Long, like his, he was our coworker. The attitude and the smug look on his face. And the walrus. The stink noises. eye look. Always giving everyone the stink eye. <laughs> um, and saying, hi, I'm a Mac. You may not go past go. Oh. Right, I don't know the rules of Monopoly. You just have to take from everybody oh, else, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, you're, trying to, you're trying to control the entire board. Yeah. Aren't you? Uh, People yes. end up getting all pissy. No, but you guys got to go. You, you would work. Like we late would work at night. Late at night, yes. We would do mostly room turns um, from one event to another event mm-hmm. in the middle of the night, um, usually getting started around 11 and ending around 3 or 4 in the morning. And it was, I don't know, fun yeah. to, to have, <laughs> for lack of a better term, I mean, it was uh, an opportunity to just uh, put my head down and, and do some work and get some get some thoughts sorted out in my own head and um it unbeknownst to the two of us we were also inundated with all of this free material i air quote free material yeah um by which to then spawn and develop a tv series did you guys would you guys listen to a lot of music whenever you worked or did you have like um, like an overhead thing going on or would you have headphones it was it was kind of a mixture of 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 a number of different things. Um, we would have music going on uh, in the loudspeakers. Most of the time that was during the day, but, you know, uh, also a good time, good portion of the time we would do it at night. It would depend on how Rick was mm. feeling. Rick is uh, <laughs> Rick Anderson was a, uh, he was shout a lighting Rick. technician. Yeah, shout out Rick. I'm going to tell him he's on this episode. Yeah. He'll fucking listen to this shit. Here's He'll his love name. Him, dude. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did I ever meet Rick? I feel like I met Rick. I, I think you did once. I think you you were... You were coming by for something, and I don't remember. He had long hair. Was. No, that's that's Daryl, uh, the guy who okay. played Dick in the show. Um, Rick was Rick's kind of got. I I wouldn't really know how to describe Rick. He's a very salty roadie. Okay. Type of, type yeah, of techie yeah. dude. Uh, but he's the he's the technical director. <laughs> Anyone who's toured knows exactly that picture. Well, in I mean, their head. Like, it, yep, got and it. He exactly <laughs> is exactly that. Um, man, I I'm double using words all of a sudden. It's okay. Sometimes you got to double use a word. The letter W is an asshole. We all know it. W's. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so Shelby and I kind of around the same time have this thought of, man, this would be just, you, you can't make this stuff up on a TV show. This just wouldn't be mm-hmm. possible. Because you guys would have to see crazy stuff from all these events, like yeah. working certain uh, like weddings and stuff, or yeah, I mean, a lot of the conversations, a lot of the the observations you make about people and and doing events and stuff like that, mm. and then just again, like I said, the ways that you try and entertain yourself to get out of doing work, yeah. while you're at work. Um, what was your was, least favorite thing that would happen, like normal night garbage? 
Oh, really? I yeah. hated taking the trash out. <sighs> Probably the trash raked. sucked balls. Like a mix of beer and it is. I mean, because soggy cake. Always, we had like let's see, there were like six. No, there were eight, eight to ten trash cans in the ballroom. Oh, and so whenever, whenever Matt would uh, come over the radio and he'd be like, "Garbage! Somebody needs to go around oh, and no. check the trash." And we we're just like, "Shit, man!" Especially I don't want to do it. Especially once the buffet line had opened, like uh, you knew people were just throwing their plates and like half drunk glasses of tea and fucking uh, everything. So it's heavy, it's, it's heavy, sloshy, it's gross, and most likely something has poked a hole in the bag and it's just dripping everywhere. Oh, man. So it's oh, and then you have to lift these bags up into the dumpster. You just have to get inside of it and roll around in it and just become just, part of it. Gosh, you do, <laughs> you do. Over at a certain point, you just have to just resign <laughs> just yourself to the fact. That it's gonna happen. Um, You're just in there licking your fingers. Ian, get out of the dumpster. It used to be the dance floor. I'll <laughs> say the worst part about that job used to be the dance floor, just because um, that thing is heavy. It's hard to manipulate. I watched you, you do know. it. It's tough. But no, I watched certain, Shelby do it. And it was a, heavy. It's heavy. I mean, each one of these, each one of these. Let's see. Uh, I would say five foot by five foot wooden panels is probably 45, 50 pounds on its own, Damn. and it's just like this yeah. flat wooden panel, and there's. The dance floor is one, two, three. There's like CrossFit people six. listening, going, "I could lift that and move that around." Like, <laughs> I think it's six by six mm-hmm. of these uh, of these wooden panels. Crazy. So, how many of those would you guys have to set up? Like, how many in a night? Wooden panels. Yeah, six by six. Uh, so I guess thirty six. So thirty six total. Okay. Um, but we how at a certain point, huh? At fifty pounds of. How long would that take? 50 pounds a piece. How yeah. long would it take to that's, do That's the point. That's the point at which it stopped becoming the worst thing in the world, and oh. it was just something just to get through, is we started to... Shelby timed me once. Oh, I don't nice. know if I knew he was doing it or whatnot, but I was just in a mood where I was just ready to kick its ass. I was like, yeah, let's, I'm just going to get just this out of the it. way because yeah. it's just got to get done. Yeah. And I took it. I was taking up the dance floor. That's what it was because that thing you have to like, Yank these Unclip pieces it. and un because uh, yeah. they're magnetized and it's hardcore oh, magnets. They have to pull these things and then lift them up and put them in. a You don't want way. grandma getting snagged in a oh, crack. Gosh, I know, I know. <laughs> it and he timed me at like twelve minutes. Oh, like putting the putting good. away the entire dance floor. It would, took me like twelve minutes, and Jesus. so we've we've done it. We've Did you collapse at the end and like? Well, I mean, I start just, weeping on your knees, and I all was, these people come out and like start <laughs> breathing heavily. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody was like patting me on the back. He did Just start throwing up everywhere. It's like, oh. oh my god, clear the way, clear the way. <laughs> like Michael Scott did when he had that. Uh, did you ever see the episode of The Office where they ran a five k? No, he was like this this fun run for the cure thing. The whole mm-hmm. office was doing in the Michael. band, the Cure. The cure, yeah. <laughs> yes, for the cure. No, I know what you mean. Uh, and Michael decided he was going to carbo load, so he ate this giant plate of oh, no. fettuccine Alfredo oh, God. before running this 5K. <laughs> and he just he he just lost it everywhere That's towards gross. the end of the race. Yeah, so they actually show him doing it, or is it I like a... Know. I mean, no, but, oh. you know, I mean, it's the... Office. That always bums me out whenever someone throws up in a movie, but you don't get to see them do it. You want to see that? Or it looks fake? Yeah, because I want to see how they do it. If they do like a, if they make it look real or if it's like mm. a full on, like, you know, they had a tube the hooked to their go, neck. Blah. Yeah. 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 It's like a fire hose. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of water, it's just chunks. It's and a corn. Creamy and Alfredo. Ew. That's fucking gross. nasty. That is gross. We had to do that for Fast Food Hooker. Really? We had to, we had to do the, the vomit 
the spewing vomit. I actually have it on my my hard drive. Dude, I'll, I haven't even seen this. Something. I want to see it. I haven't seen the video either. All I have is the raw footage. And I is it done? I have no idea. No, I no no. It's probably not done yet. Shelby is uh, Shelby's figuring all that out. Yeah, you know he's 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 doing his thing. So okay, so you and Shelby. Having seen like night after night all these crazy moments at the atrium for like would... a year, we've we've kind of observed all these weird, mm-hmm. crazy things and like you're almost researching. Notes. Yeah, the it did turn into that. Like yeah. we we had the thought of of this could potentially be something, and mm-hmm. then so we we just started making notes. He would, you know, write down his observations. I would write down like ideas for okay. So what if what if one day Matt did this and mm-hmm. Rick decided he was gonna like react this way and like snap and go nuts yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah seriously so we came up with an idea of like what if what one day rick uh just busted into the the ballroom on the that genie lift that, that oh, it's nice. one of the automatic ones that rolls that, that drives uh but he's like he's like souped it up it's like turbocharged oh, nice. and he's like hauling ass like <laughs> 20 miles an hour in the atrium, <laughs> like with some sort of like automatic nail gun or something like that. Oh, like shooting shit. people. Just losing his mind. Cause he's on LSD or something like that. Like he's, he's tripping balls on something. Oh man. You know, I mean, those are the kinds of ideas that, you know, what is the most wacky, crazy thing that I could, could imagine actually happening in this, in this kind of space. I'd be, I'd be absolutely, well, I would either freeze up and observe it and just watch it because it would be so incredible to see someone bust into a souped up genie lift. Right. And then be shooting people with a nail gun. That would be just disturbing beyond all belief. It would I mean, have to be observed with wouldn't respect. That be, wouldn't that be crazy if he was like eight feet in the air? He's like raised it up and he's hauling ass. He's like driving 15 oh, miles an hour around the ballroom. He cuts a really sharp right corner and just totally flops. Just like cherry picking. <laughs> just cher- uh, he's just oh, crying. Oh, that wouldn't be the first time. Rick has... <laughs> he does the Peter clutching his knee cry for like 10 <laughs> minutes. Yeah. Lois does it too, doesn't she? I mean, at I think, some point, I think at some point everybody has done something akin to that. Yes, that was genius of them. Rick, Rick is one of those guys who um, he just inspires the absurd when it comes to brainstorming and like yeah. trying to put him in any sort of situation. Uh, anything is possible. Well, he's such so. a character too. Like he's just a really like he's very a, like a unique human. He is a he is one of the more beautiful souls I've met in my days going up to that that theater. The other one being Walter uh, Walter Lemons, who um, was a I guess a mentor. Yeah. Mine. You know what I mean? Is and the atrium is actually dedicated to him. At the end of the pilot, we've dedicated the the show to him nice. because yeah, yeah. he he's a he's a big reason that my sense of humor kind of blossomed into what it did yeah uh just unbeknownst you know he was one of those he was one of those uncles that wasn't really an uncle yeah you know it was awesome man but he's also the first person that introduced us to this building yeah you know he's the reason that everybody took us as young kids when we were growing up in the theater very seriously Mm -hmm. and then allowed us to then be taken even more seriously than as adults working at this building i mean we were trusted locking up the entire building by ourselves most nights do you know your first uh, do you remember your first Walter experience? Walter? Oh man, I don't know. Walter. Walter was a big fan of. I guess Walter would have been the person to introduce me to what could become uh, the concept of a viral video. Oh, nice. He uh, showed us this clip he'd found on online. It wasn't even on YouTube. Wasn't it was the just, cat mashing the keyboard? No, <laughs> it was. It was a chimpanzee just on a tree. He's like just 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 hanging out on the tree, and then he scratches his butthole, 
and like sniffs and he's just like, ah, and he falls out of a tree. That's nasty. And it is, it, I mean, just, it was, had something to do with his commentary yeah. while watching this video. Just knocked my socks off every single time. And to, <laughs> to this day, watching that video is, uh, you know. How did he comment? Like, what would he do? Uh, he would he describe it like then he, the monkeys like what he do well, it like he a, would he would do it kind of like a like he's the monkey except he wasn't <laughs> ever really trying to do a voice yeah, so yeah. much as he just as if him Walter forty year old <laughs> yeah. you know with his man voice and everything like that just doing I'm just doing here the on a tree and he's like <laughs> oh I got a little bit of an itch and, like, oh! and yeah, the yeah. monkey falls over so <laughs> I mean you know that's that's the start of that kind of yeah you know I mean it's your typical you know masculine cool. fart humor type of joke. So it's like a pivotal moment you that know, you remember. Yeah, and I mean that that that, Isn't that particular crazy? that particular space has been uh, a very creative central hub for both me and Shelby and our families uh you know most of our lives it would seem. Well, think about all the times like growing up as a kid like when you and your friends huddle around something like whether you're observing like a bug or yeah a dead animal or something on the computer. You know what I mean? Like yeah. a porno. No, I'm kidding. But it's, you like, you, it's like this thing where everyone's like going, oh my God, like looking at something you've never seen before or something that, you know, could be just a petty moment that yeah. you would never otherwise remember. Yeah. But that one kind of sticks out to you where it's like, where, you know, maybe someone else and that was in the room wouldn't keep it in their memory like you did. You yeah. Know? Yeah, exactly. That's, it's so crazy how, like one latches onto a specific environment when someone else cannot. Yeah. You know? Oh, absolutely. It's so nutty. That's cool though, man. That's yeah. that's special. That makes the show it kind of gives the show some sort of drive. It does. It does. It, it gives it uh it gives it connection to to us as a whole. It makes it more of a personal project than it would have been just just as it being a workplace mm-hmm. uh a workplace experience, you know. Yeah. So, after about a year of us kind of observing and working at the atrium, we decided to kind of pull the trigger and, and start writing out ideas, start writing out uh, a full blown story Mm -hmm. and see if we can get a a pilot out of this thing, Mm -hmm. which Shelby cook, God bless him. He, uh, he, he warned me up front that he was going to be difficult to work with because he's got a very, he's got a very... I wear dresses on set. Well, I mean, he's got a very <laughs> specific, he's got a very specific way he feels he wants to do something. And... Yeah. uh He's an artist. His biggest hurdle with me was probably trying to convince me to just let go and let, let it happen mm-hmm. because that's all he was going to be doing too. Yeah. He's just like, you know, I think, I think maybe we want to focus on characters relationships how do they relate to each other and i mean we spent weeks and weeks and weeks on that late nights at the hampton house yeah i remember that you know you'd come and hang out that's the other thing that's that that makes this kind of whole amalgamation of events yeah it's crazy today kind of special is that you were there from the point at which we pretty much decided we were going to do this atrium thing for real yeah and shelby just happened to then at that point move into the house i was probably like john Five or six feet above you guys most nights when <laughs> you, you were. were working. You were pants yeah. around your ankles and just <laughs> pounding off. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing matters anymore. No, but I mean, I would, I would go from, my, <laughs> I would go from my job in Dallas. Yeah, working on dailies. Uh, most of the time we did it. We did most of our work on a Tuesday <laughs> night, so I would be finished with work by like nine p.m. To make that make sense, Shelby's office was underneath my office. Shelby's office was underneath. <laughs> Uh, Joe's well, studio. Yeah. Cause what you did was 
that was we'll 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 get a little sidetracked for a second. Your your room in this Hampton house was yes about the size of this room. There were three here. of us. We yes. had this massive house yes. in Dallas, Gosh, right? Close to awesome. it was in the Bishop Arts District area, close to a golf course in Dallas. And shout we, out. Shout out. Shout out golf courses. But this house, and I think we mentioned it in another show, but it was pretty LA feeling. Like it just had this weird look to it. Yeah. Like it didn't really belong on that street. But uh, anyway, we found a really good deal. And it's just Shelby had his office and then he had a separate bedroom. And then I had my office studio. And then I and then I built, you know, I had this like walk-in closet. This is the coolest part. But it was very hobbity. It had like this really cool sloped window area. Like yeah. had a little nook that had, you know, had the and window you, and then it, the your your walls, window looked right out to were, the front of the of yeah. the house, right? Yeah, Wherever, I could look down over the whole front. You could patio. have dropped water balloons on me whenever I walk up exactly. in the middle of the night and it's like freezing yeah. ass cold. <laughs> little pellet gun. Dude. I would be coming over. Yeah, you did. You're, it always reminded me of kind of a Harry Potter closet. Because yeah. if it's just a place where you're sleeping, it was why decked does out. It, you know, why does it need to be like your bedroom and then just have a little studio space? Why don't yeah. you make it your workspace and that's just where you sleep? Well, one of my, one of my it favorite. It encourages you. Excuse me. I'm sorry to, oh, sorry no, to keep no, going. No. It, it encourages you to, to work for yes. a living. Yes. Well, you know, I can't just lay in bed all day or else I'm going to be laying in this little cubby jail. No, <laughs> right. but it was it was it was a decent size. Like I had plenty of space in there, but yeah. I had it decked out like it was a like it was its own little house, you know. So it was cool. It had its own door and I mean that's like tiny house proportions. <laughs> well, it was. It was very tiny. You no, know, which is great. But then the room was huge. Yeah. And I would do all the work in there. But anyways, you guys would always come and uh work below and we would. I would take breaks. We would and come, come and work. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that never happened. That didn't happen. Uh, no. But we would work late, late, late into the night. I would get over there at, you know, nine o'clock at some points, yeah. nine thirty, ten o'clock. <clears throat> and usually Shelby and I would, to, to kind of, I don't know, get into some sort of mindset, we watched an episode of Dallas. I don't know why. Uh, uh, it was just something that Shelby was... The new Dallas or the, the old new, Dallas? The new Dallas, the show that I was currently working on. Yeah. Shelby, for some reason, um, sat, sat it out with me all the way through until this last half of this last season, which you know aired while I was here, so we weren't able to watch it together. But yeah. uh, I mean, I knew he was an incredible like, fan of the show because it's, it's not a... I mean, it's a it's a soap opera. Yeah, you know, it's not an important. It's show. got a specific like, audience. You know. you know, yes, but you know what? Shelby sat it out with me every every single episode. We watched it, and then we would go and work. Sometimes we would get started at you know eleven eleven thirty at night, and that's if I didn't get called because something was off and I had to go, you know, back to work and and redo yeah. some things. Um, on Dallas after watching Dallas on Dallas <laughs> after watching Dallas. Um, and then we'd get to work and sometimes we'd work till four or five o'clock in the morning, Yeah, you know, and that's mostly because I didn't have to be at work on Dallas until, you know, one or two o'clock in the afternoon ever. That's cool. You know, just because I, my job started Jealous? Six, six hours after Stay everybody there. else's and then ended, you know, four or five hours after, you know, after everybody else's yeah. day was done. You know, so I mean, I, I it had its I, penalties. I liked having that shifted <laughs> schedule, kidding. but you know, uh, you know, and it it definitely got me ready for my schedule out here. Yeah, you know, working overnights here it's definitely not so bad that I've been doing it for like, and and tying right back into the atrium, I had experience working late overnights at the atrium as well. Yeah, I mean, there were some days where I mean that that ballroom could get trashed sometimes yeah <laughs> there were days where shelby and i were there till six o'clock in the morning sometimes later yeah um and it's it's not fun Damn. it's not fun to have to be there that long especially knowing that 
a good chunk of your time was spent cleaning yeah. up people's crap. Man. I hear the worst thing that oh. I think I think you told me was it the worst thing that you guys would have to clean off the carpet was like Indian food mashed into oh, it or I cake mean, or something. Cake sometimes. I mean, because you, you get these. Uh, <laughs> blue or yellow or orange frostings on this nice party valerie on this purple <laughs> throwing carpet. their food on the ground yes i mean <laughs> and people i i mean it blows my mind how gum can just fly out of somebody's mouth and it land on the ground they know it's out of their mouth they know it's and not in a it. trash can and they just leave it yeah uh, i can understand the people that step on it if they don't see it especially at night when the lights are all yeah going, for sure dancing people mm-hmm. are drinking and stuff um, but you know what? That was also it, it was could be nice. the same thing though. If it fell out of the mouth and there's so many people around, they're like, "Fuck, fuck, 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 fuck." Where is I it? mean, that's true. But uh, they pull the right, cell phone thing right. out, but now they're right, all they're seeing is right. feet. I can't be. I can't be all that cynical about it because I'm not doing it anymore. No, but you would know because you know the space, you know the environment, you know right. how squeezed in it gets or not. The great you know. part about it was that we knew that people weren't going to get too terribly rowdy uh, to yeah. where we couldn't control them because there were always officers on, on. Oh duty. yes. Oh, let's go through the character list, dude. So, um, I don't know. We've got your five main characters, mm-hmm. Bruce, Pat, Kent, Shannon, and Dick. Mm-hmm. Um, Bruce is like the, uh, I mean, I guess he's the event director. He's the boss. He's the, the head Head muckety muck, second that that's, gosh, he's the head muckety muck who is head of command, and then Pat is so he's like in charge of right the place? underneath him. Yeah, he's 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 the boss of the atrium. Um, at a certain point in the series, we intend to introduce the characters of the theater building. Yeah, uh, in which there will be a big boss that is kind of over the whole facility, as you know. But for our purposes right now in the pilot, Bruce is the boss. Uh, and then you have Pat, who's essentially the event coordinator. Okay, um, so if they're on the website, could they look at this and see which one is Bruce? Like, if we do the yeah, little... they could. If you go to, uh, I mean, you can go to the you can <laughs> you can go to the atriumshow dot com or McCook Media M C C O O K Media dot com slash the atrium, uh, and then it's just going to bring up kind of a very basic site uh, that we have on the atrium because right now we've got it posted um, and we are positioning ourselves as to how we want to proceed with crucial elements of the story uh, and, and steps in this whole process. But you can see the cast photo and it's got all of our, our players from the, mm-hmm. the episode. And so Bruce would be in the middle. Bruce is right here in the middle. He's, yeah. he's in very floral <laughs> looks like silken pajama pants. It's a perfect, uh, yeah. He's like, hi guys. In his blazer, yeah, exactly. He's he's you, the episode takes place during a late night room turn, so everybody's kind of in. Uh, you've got your your two client characters over to the far left. You've got Homer and Jolene Hickam. Yeah, uh, and yeah. they're in their pajamas. They're you it's know, like fancy lazy. You know exactly. They are they're country bumpkin kind of uh, redneck uh, clients who whose event just happened. Okay. Um, for that night, uh, right behind Bruce to the, his left, you've got Shannon and then Kent, who are uh, really old friends. Uh, they're in their kind of early to mid twenties, but this is kind of a um, not necessarily a holding place for them, but it's it's a it's a temporary it's a temporary job. Yeah. You know, buffer. Yeah. I suppose for the two of them while they figure out what they're what it is that they're doing. It's not their long term goal. It's definitely not. Um they don't necessarily know what their long term goal is, but uh each of them have different reasons for for 
what they do and why they're doing it, uh, especially at the atrium. Yeah. And then over to Bruce's right, you've got Pat and Dick. Um, Pat is the guy who looks like he's got a massive desire to prove something. Looks like Better Call Saul. To everybody. He does. He does. He <laughs> looks like he, he just belongs on a, uh, a bus stop bench, you know, as a, an advertisement for the atrium. Yeah. It's just a big old picture of Pat, yeah. Pat's face. Uh, and I then, work for you. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And it's just a... Call 555 Big Bear. <laughs> big Bear. <laughs> and then you've got Dick around uh, behind Pat, who kind of, he's the... He's the roadie. He's the the techie. He's the. He's got the chucks on. Kind of drugged out, uh, you know, nineteen eighties, living the yeah. life. You know, I mean, that's that's what loves he did. Nazareth, and, and he loves Nazareth. Yeah, that's a band, is it? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about like that Robert Powell movie, Jesus oh. of Nazareth. Oh, he could love that like too. Like six hours long. Know. You know, oh. it was long. Six hour movie on Jesus of Nazareth. Yeah, yeah. Was it fun? I mean, it was a giant biblical epic. I don't know. I don't know that fun is the word <laughs> so much as, uh, you know, just epic. Yeah, yeah. You know, Charlton Heston style almost. When you were done with the movie, we were like, so we just got to love each other, right? <laughs> What's all this other bullshit? <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, but yeah, Dick is, Dick is definitely the wild card of the bunch. Um, and then around behind Dick, you've got, they're my Alex. favorite characters. You've got the two cops, Alex and Rico. <laughs> um, Alex is the girl to the right, and then Rico is the the <laughs> shotgun wielding, you know, machismo lunatics, machismo bound lunatic. Yeah. yeah, they're like power. Like they love their power. Of like they are. They're authority. They're, they're intended to be the the through line of just flat out comedic value. I think just because they're characters that. I mean, love the fact that they're cops. They just love it. Yeah. And they will, they will turn any situation into uh, a cop-worthy situation just so that they can feel the adrenaline for whatever it is that they're going on. For instance, we, we, we've got a... Well, well I'll do we, I could go through the story. I could go through the yeah, story why not? In, in order. Because they could watch the trailer as well. You, know, you could. So. There, there are a number of different... Scroll down a little bit. Let me, see, uh, let me see kind of in what order we've got the media. So, okay. On this website, we'll just walk you through the website. Uh, we've got the teaser, which is kind of a 55-second little uh, intro to the show that Shelby and I, I guess, put together in uh, November, December. Whenever I guess whenever we were coming out to California, we wanted mm-hmm. to make sure and have something... Something to pitch. Something was to easy pitch. for someone to grasp. You know, exactly. So, um, oh, I need to change that. <laughs> You've um, seen the edits as we go through. I am. I am. <laughs> uh, so it's the very first thing. I think it's, it was originally uncolor corrected material, but I think it's since been replaced with the color corrected version. Oh, gotcha. Just so that it looks clean and, and crisp. And then I think we also, uh, when did you, th- like, when did y'all change that? Um, we, I just changed the file probably when we did all the color correction back in March. I don't know if I've seen it since then. Have I seen it since then? What the, the atrium since all the final stuff was done. Oh, I don't know. I think I have. Maybe, maybe it's something we can, uh, we can do after the show. Yeah. We'll have to do that and check this out. Um, I only want to see the 55 second though. Okay. okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally joking. We, uh, underneath the trailer, we've got the actual pilot, which is 19 minutes long. 1918 is actually what it says. Um, and it's the, it's the full show. It's beginning, middle, and end. We are incredibly proud of what we did. and um, I don't know. We, we hope everybody else can enjoy it. Yeah. But if you don't have 19 minutes to enjoy it, 
right underneath, there's an entire version of the show that is five minutes long. Uh, we cut all of the most important lines and important pieces of the yeah. show together into what we were originally going to call the supercalifragilisticexpialitrailer. Because <laughs> it's a five-minute, you know, like extension. That was good, getting that extended out. trailer. I'll yeah, we, that up we, for sure. <laughs> we, Supercalifragilistic uh, we, fuck. We, we had some practice. We called it that for a long time, actually. And then uh, on the day we uploaded it, I... I told him i was like i don't know dude i think we should i think we should simplify it it just needs to be the atrium in five minutes we need to not bury the lead as to what it is yeah and he was like yeah okay we can do that and so we so if 55 seconds it. is too short and exactly five minutes is too long then you can definitely not watch the 19 minute one yeah the 20 but, minute but we would love for everybody to to watch it and pass it along yeah it's worth it, man. I saw the, I did see, I have seen the show. I know I've seen it through. I just didn't know if I, it was all the final yeah. coloring. I feel like you guys wouldn't have shown it until it was finalized. Most likely, but you also lived with Shelby, and at a certain point, he may have thought it was, yeah. it was okay to show you, you know, an edit or two. So I don't know exactly what the last thing you saw was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, and you guys, it's you, just right there. We'll, uh, we'll didn't you it. guys hide a couple like one frame images of a penis? We did. It was actually Brad Pitt's penis <laughs> from from Fight Club. We did it at, <laughs> at certain moments when Pat's mouth was as wide open. It's the as same it ever exact got, one, you know. And it, we we did it so that it just one frame, it just looks like a penis uh, is going into Pat's mouth. You God, know? <laughs> it's it was actually a, a an overlay. We just did kind yeah, of a fifty yeah. <laughs> percent overlay frame. It's of, actually a twenty minute penis just <laughs> it's just it's not it's not just a one frame thing it's 20 yeah. minutes of penis well i mean it's over the entire pilot you know <laughs> it's just at it's at zero percent you know opacity so it's like if you, you lay know, a transparency of a penis over the whole entire show <laughs> <laughs> okay that's false it's not but it's, it's not. good it was funny man it's completely I hope it gets picked up, man. It was uh it was a an experience that took a lot longer than I I thought it would or thought it it needed to at the beginning of the at the onset of the whole thing. But yeah. you know, over time, I think the 9 months it took us to get to a script where we were happy. Mm-hmm. Um what was the hardest part while you guys were writing? Benefited us. What was the hardest part while we were writing? Mm-hmm. Um getting over our differences of not necessarily work ethic, but ways of working. Gotcha. You know, Shelby's Shelby works differently to the way that I work. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, Shelby had to have a lot of patience with me while I was struggling to, uh, you know, kind of make our, our ways of working intermingle to something that was successful and creative, uh, creatively sound, I guess I should say. Um, I mean, other than that, you know, I mean, Shelby, he, again, he warned me right up front that he's just going to, this is something that he, if he's going to do it, we need to do it as well as we can for real. Um, and that included uh, a certain point in which we had written uh, kind of a double, a double length pilot. Yeah. And he came to me one day and just said, Ian, I think we need to completely just scrap this entire idea and start over. Oh, wow. Because we're going to actually have to do this. And right, as of right then, we had like a 250 guest Indian wedding with all these like different big dance numbers and stuff like that. It was just something that was so far out there that there was no way that we were going to be able to pull this off the way that we were doing it. That would have been a huge casting situation. It would have been. And and it will be a great episode at at the time that it is ready to be 
actually realized mm-hmm. and, and brought into reality. Uh, but Shelby saw this and, and was able to to easily get me on board, actually, um, to just completely starting over from scratch. And I think that that was the, the better thing to do because we ended up with 11 11? 1, 2, 3, yeah, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Yeah, we had 11 people in the cast, and then we had about the same number of crew. So at, oh, wow. at any one time, we weren't working with more than 25 people. Yeah. Um, Did it get overwhelming on set, like handling never, everybody, or was everybody pretty chill? And just... Everybody was incredibly professional mm-hmm. um, because I utilized people that I knew in Dallas, mm-hmm. people that I knew on Dallas, um, and their recommendations for people that they they – trusted and and would do their their job and everything like that yeah um we had some of the most awesome people yeah um josh pickering uh mm-hmm. was our dp and he oh, nice. killed it i mean he was able to uh hook us up with the cameras that we used we used canon c300s we had two of them oh, um nice. and it just made this show look incredibly uh, it just cinematic yeah is, is not even hey that that's above and beyond anything I've ever seen out of mm. any of my work. Mm-hmm. You know, it would be like if, I don't know, what's one of the most prestigious, like, places to record one of your albums? And Yeah, I mean, you record, see, you can see, like, this night and day difference of quality. Yeah. It's completely, the game is upped when you have the yeah. best equipment to use. And it just inspires you to then up your game. Mm-hmm. And and that's the incredible Absolutely. part. I think everybody was, was feeling that. Um, everybody treated this as much of as a as much of a job as anything that they were doing because uh-huh. we were paying them. We paid crew members, you know, even if it was a basic rate, even if it was, you know, not really what what their performances were worth or what they were actually doing for us. Um, we gave them what we could and everybody mm-hmm. understood that and appreciated it and was there 100%, including all the cast members. Yeah. I mean, I got a shout out to everybody. There's Bo Thompson, mm-hmm. who was Bruce. Bailey Lawrence was Shannon. Craig Jerpy was Kent. Leslie Harbin was Jolene Hickam and Mike Bacon. The dude's name is Mike Bacon. Genius. He is, he is awesome. Mike, yeah. is, Mike is one of those... Mike is one of those cool people that I feel like even if we didn't work together for five more years, I could call him up one day and be like, hey, Homer's coming back. You in? And he'd be like, hell yeah. <laughs> and he'd be all on board. Mike Bacon played Homer Hickam. Nice. And then you've got Rob Hudspeth playing Pat. Dick uh, Dick was uh, Daryl Chumley. DC. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Dude, DC was awesome. He he just, from the moment I saw his headshot come in for some reason, it just yeah. struck me as, man, I would love to have that guy play Dick. I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, Zach Keppel was Rico, and KD Carr was, uh, was Alex. And the two of them, they hit it off so well in the auditions. They just chest bumped and we're cheering for each other because we did the, the like climactic part of yeah. the, of the show is the moment that we really wanted Alex and Rico to shine. So we had that be the audition piece and Katie and, and, uh, and it's K A Y D E E just nice. throwing that out there. She's nice. uh, that's, that's her name. Uh, Katie and Zach just came in and knocked it out of the park. I mean, Shelby and I have all of these, these videos, uh, I have them all on my hard drive. Oh, nice! Like he videoed every single person's audition. So, so did, did he direct them through the audition? Like, because it was just you, you two, right? It was the two of us. Um, we had Andre Constantinescu. Oh wow! I know that's his name. It's, it's, it's an amazing uh, last name. He runs Legacy Casting, and he did all the casting for the extras on Dallas. Constantinescu. Um, Con- how's it? One more time. Constantinescu. 
That's so fucking regal. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Damn, that's See, like the name of a ship. Andre's cool. A yacht. Andre's cool as shit, man. Um, but he was he was kind enough to let us use him as a resource to cast our show. Uh, and there are a great number of people that we had on on the atrium that were there because Andre posted it on his site and they got in touch with us and yeah. we, we had it going. So Andre was there throughout the entire audition process. And then we had Drake Welsh, who was, uh, who was our PA and boy, did he kill it. He was just so eager to be there and help us out. Yeah. He was there from the very first public thing we ever did, which was these auditions. And he, he went all the way through to the end. Um, and then shout out to, Tanya Foster, who was Lois. Shout out Tanya. And uh, she was Lois. Was a high five. Bruce's wife, uh, which you find out at the very end of the show. And then uh, Kimberly Fogel. Kimberly Fogel came in and she was auditioning for Jolene. And mm-hmm. she was she was somebody who in the initial auditions I liked and thought would be a good Jolene. And then Shelby and I didn't purposely didn't make our decisions based mm-hmm. on just what we had seen in the live auditions because we were so busy, we were so busy fixated on the fact that, damn, these are people we don't know acting out and giving their all to some of these words that, that for, you wrote. All, for all we've ever known, we've ever written. Yeah. Uh, the only time we've ever heard them is when we've read them ourselves. Oh yeah. You know, or when like we sat down and we did one table read and we heard. Heard a couple of other people reading them, but nothing like this. Like seeing someone's their perception of the story, yeah, and how they choose to perform it. Absolutely, to you. that's cool. Shelby made the suggestion that we watch all of these videos a second time around, yeah, and make our decisions based on that, uh, which was good because a couple of my a couple of my initial choices were swayed by watching these auditions because. Sometimes you get distracted by people's energy in person. Mm-hmm. Um, so but, you do like the headshots first, and that was your first initial yes. Yes, and then and then it was the auditions, and that's when you're like, ah, oh, well, correct. That didn't we did work out. we did headshots and resumes, and mm-hmm. you know, just based on what we got, and you know what, we were we were determined to respond to everybody, and we did. I mm-hmm. responded to every single email, you know, within reason. You know, mm-hmm. ones that started coming a month and a half after we started shooting. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I I kind of stopped responding to things like that because our shoot dates were. You know. Did anybody ask if there were nude scenes? Do I have to get naked? Uh, well, no, but there were some moments that Shelby definitely had to convince Miss Tanya Foster to to wear just, you know, clothing that most most people would be a little bit less than comfortable wearing. Yeah, yeah. You know, just very seductive, mm-hmm. you know, kind of lingerie. But Tanya was a Tanya was a, a trooper, and mm-hmm. boy, we really really appreciate it because it really it really made that moment. Yeah, it was a very important thing. That was uh, that was a moment that Shelby and I had really really felt was important. You to, needed to that kind of, perfect color on the <laughs> painting. Well, we needed the, yes, exactly. We needed that, that level of ambiguity about mm-hmm. Bruce to be introduced to kind of give the audience and ideally the people that would, would partner with us to take this show to series. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> give them those questions that are important to, to leave your audience with. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of our actors just knocked it out of the park. Some of them, unfortunately we only got to work with one day and that was yeah. just a, that was a, a matter of budgeting and, and scheduling and all that kind of stuff, we were able to 
have the entire cast there for one full day. And then halfway through, we let most of the cast go and stuck around with Bruce and Homer and Jolene because most of their scenes were together. Yeah. So we were able to just knock them out the whole second half of the day. But gosh, they turned in some performances that just kind of stole the whole third act. And that's the only thing that they're in is this third act. But they just, they killed it. They solidified their their role in this this show. And I'm just so glad that we got everybody. what was your favorite? Let, oh, go on. No, no, no. Go ahead. What was your favorite um, scene <laughs> to shoot? Betty. What was your favorite scene to shoot? What like was memorable? My favorite scene to shoot. Um, I gotta think. It's probably. I mean, that's got to be a, a almost impossible thing to answer because it's like they're all I mean, each their own. One was the scene where Pat goes outside, bus past the two cops, and in slow motion with back in black playing in the background, he karate chops the back end of the police cruiser and it, the thing pops open and he starts grabbing a, a, uh, he grabs a bulletproof vest and starts <laughs> dancing around with it, like trying to look like a badass putting it on. And you hear back in black, like I'm, I'm describing how it is in the show, but you, you're hearing back in black playing and blah, blah, black in black. And it's just, uh, he's rocking out to it. And then, and then you turn. Yes, exactly. He's like rocking out and then the camera turns around and it, you see everybody else's reaction and they see him <laughs> dancing around. Everybody else is inside and they see him dancing around out in the parking lot. And you cut, when you cut to, to seeing everybody's reaction, the music stops and all you hear is Pat going, he's just like doing his own music because it's in his head. Back in Black is in his own head. So Rob just, he killed it. Yeah. Absolutely killed it. Uh, beautiful weather outside. Everybody yeah. was just uh, having a blast. This was our first night of shooting. Yeah, we had a full blown police cruiser there with, including the working lights and nice. the, uh, you know oh, everything yeah. that was donated by the 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 crew on Dallas. Oh, so that's cool. Shout out to everybody, yeah. man. The crew on Dallas did so much to support and help me. Um, I I. I'm convinced part of it has to do with the fact that I just, you know, I knew everybody was going to support me. Everybody, I've talked to people about it before and they were like, yeah, just let me know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But before I really pulled the trigger on any of it, I, I spoke to Ken. Ken was our uh, producer. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, he's the, the big boss on set. And What so does a I, line producer do? I mean, essentially, he's the person that's on set day to day making sure the, the ship runs accordingly. He's, oh, the, nice. he's the captain like of the, yeah. the actual ship in the... In cool. the uh, in the thick of it, and then, is he the navigator? I suppose. I suppose he might be. Maybe the like the stage manager. Mm-hmm. You know, you get a you get a big show, and you got the directors like where the buck stops. But once yeah. the show opens, that changes to the stage manager is the be all end all. Mm-hmm. So they're on set. I suppose that would be kind of the the well, it would be the UPM, the unit production manager, and the the producer. Um, it's, it's, it was kind of, I, there was kind of a blurred line for me in the yeah. understanding of it all, but Ken was, Ken was the big boss. Um, and I just, you know, as a, I, I did it as a matter of formality and I, I, I feel like he appreciated it because he, you know, he, everybody said yes, everybody had zero problems with it whatsoever. You know, I was just like, Ken, I've got this thing that I'm shooting. I'm going to, you know, take a week off unpaid and, and yeah. do this. I'm just kind of setting it up. And I talked to him in, in early October about this, you know, told him when it was happening six weeks later and that I, I might, you know, want to speak to a few people about, you know, utilizing certain props and, you know, the police car and yeah. certain costumes and stuff. But 
you know, things so that they would just not have, have these things on the lot there. Yeah, I mean, they were things that they would have anything that they have, I could yeah. use as long as it wasn't being used on any of the days that that they needed it. They needed yeah. it, or that no, that I needed it. And was um, it tagged? Like, how do they tag a police car? Like, you know, how is it like? How do they keep it neutral? Because I, I didn't really pay attention to all the details on the cop car. Um, they had a number of different cop cars. Um, I chose the one that had no uh, real identifying marks to it, but still looked like a police cruiser. Yeah, it was yeah. a very general, you know, kind of black and white police mm-hmm. car with the with the, I guess, all the lights and stuff on top. And I mean, and it had the the whole computer set up and everything nice, inside. Awesome. It was it was an actual police car, but it's legit. Um, I mean, I did this whole thing the legit way. I had to go to the the DMV and register temporary plates oh, wow. for it and tell my insurance that I've got another vehicle on it for a day and this, that, and the other. I mean, you know, I did everything that I was supposed to do as above board as possible, and I kept all my records and and that's great. Then somebody stole it all. Oh, <laughs> you love how I just crashed that entire moment. What if at some point they're all digging through it and they're like, this is incredible shit. We're going to send this back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be great. Um, so right from the get-go, we, Shelby and I agreed that we were going to treat this as professionally as possible. And I think we just attracted everybody around us to do the exact same thing. And, and they all owned, you know, our very first day. Here's, here's kind of the timeline as it lays out. Today's Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, so technically today would be the day a year ago that we started shooting, Sunday night. Yeah. We did six nights of overnight shoots. Um, technically, I guess it was the 17th. So technically it's tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But in terms of days of the week, it was a Sunday that we started. So yeah. it would have been tonight. Um, so shooting 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. for six days. And... I didn't have a single person react in a way that would make me have to try and convince them to do this. They were just like, all right. Yeah. I was like, we'll see you there. Whoa. 12 hour days. Everybody was on board with a meal prepared and, and craft service and mm-hmm. everybody was on board. I don't know what people expected, but I knew what I was trying to aim for and get. I spoke to the she's crafty people. Mm-hmm. She's uh, crafty. <laughs> Chris champion. And they, they provided, he told me, Here's a here's a rate that I think we could get you a, a pretty decent whole food setup. Yeah. You know, and I was like, here's my budget, here it is, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, okay, give me half up front and I'll go buy everything, you know, and turn in receipts and this, that, and the other. And, you know, if I need more, you know, of the budget will come, you know, settle up whenever. And I was like, cool. He came back with a hundred and two dollars in cash left over from just the the first half of the budget that I had wow. budgeted out for food and we had all this stuff left over. Shelby and I had, had, you know, elements of, of, we wanted meals. steaks. We'd, we wanted steaks. We wanted <laughs> steak. I wanted a ribeye. No, he killed That's it. That's great, man. He killed it. We had soup. So he saved you guys money. You can use that on other things. You know, chicken, wow. uh, grilled. He came and grilled on the big night. Um, it was fantastic. Everybody just helped wow. us out immensely. But we shot, <clears throat> Shelby thought it was very important for us to start with the very first scene, mm-hmm. get everybody in into the first day of shooting with the very first scene of the entire show. So we did. We did the cold open, which is the scene where everybody gets tasered. Yep. Uh, and it was just hilarious. It was one of, the, one of the elements that made it from the very, very first pilot script that we wrote. It kind of made its way all the way through, you know, all the versions and drafts and stuff. 
Um, was it a weird feeling like being on set just, right before you said action for the very first, like, here we go. Was it weird going, Oh man, we've got to do all of these scenes and here we go. It's it was, like, it was, it was, it was such look a, like? it was such a weird thing because we couldn't, I, I didn't really look much past each day, what we were doing mm-hmm. each day. I had a schedule in my pocket and I knew what scenes we had to get through. And that first day, I think we had one scene that we had to drop. We picked it up the very second day, the very next day, mm-hmm. the very second day. What an idiot. <laughs> what a fucking retard. It would be the very second day. It would be. <laughs> um, we picked it up on the second day and we just nailed it. Everybody mm-hmm. was, was just on point and, you know, the rest of the days were smooth. Um, on the third day, did it rise again? The third day, it rose again. <laughs> well, the third day was the day we were most nervous about because that was the day that everybody was supposed to be there we were like goodness how are we gonna you know we had an addition a couple additional crew members that were Mm going to be there to help and then we had you know all 11 of our cast members were all there because we had some of the biggest scenes you know kind of going on and everybody was amazing you know we had leslie brought her husband larry who was up there all night long with us sitting he didn't do anything except just absorb what we were doing. He's an yeah. actor. She's an actor. I mean, this is just their life on set. They he's he just, just taking it in. He just chose to, to have his day be an overnight like hers, and he just Luckiest he might have brought a book. I don't world, know, man. man. I mean, he did it, and it, he was he. Everybody was such a, a good sport yeah. about this entire thing. Man, um, do you guys have a lot of behind the scenes footage? Oh, uh, footage, no, probably not so much. I would imagine that most of the behind-the-scenes footage and, and stills are probably going to be on the, the phones and social medias of our cast and crew because they yeah. had a lot of time, you know, of, of sitting around while we were setting up, you know, technical stuff, stuff and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, Shelby and I didn't stop. You know, we were there easily an hour before anybody else showed up, mm-hmm. and we left, you know, two-plus hours after everybody left every single day. Yeah, you know, we just had to make sure that the building was in a, a presentable state because mm-hmm. you know, we we had worked there and um, they cut us a very good deal for mm-hmm. use of the space. You know, it was just something that um, mutual respect was something that was very prominent in our in our way of handling this production, and I yeah. I think it was appreciated. I think it and I think it turned out um, some amazing art. Mm-hmm. You know, something that's a year in the making. Um, and now a year passed. Yeah. Like that's, that's bizarre to think that we're coming up on two years since Shelby and I decided to do this show, mm-hmm. which kind of opened all sorts of doors to whatever else it was that I wanted to do with my life, which now has become the Elf Tree Podcast Network. Bing. Isn't that crazy? Dude, it's nuts because uh, just one more way to tie all uh, Shelby back to like with directing the show and like doing the photography, like if you go to the website, you see the picture of the guys in the atrium, all the cast. Uh, Shelby did the my two, and we've talked about it on the show, but he did my two EP covers for Awake or Sleeping. That's so right. he, he also does a lot of this incredible graphic design work. Yeah. So he's just very artistic. and uh, Shelby's, got, Shelby's got a lot of talents, and he, he teaches himself the things that he doesn't know, which mm-hmm. is a, an admirable quality. I try and, I try and work around the things that I do know and, mm-hmm. and make them work for me. Mm-hmm. Shelby's ever pushing uh, to, to kind of learn the things that he doesn't know. And, you know, for something like this, <clears throat> for something like this, it was, it was great to see our two paths converge because Shelby had never made a TV show before. Yeah. And to be fair, I hadn't either, but 
I'd spent the last couple of years um, very heavily involved in a legit professional, you know, seeing the entire process TV show. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So I had this, I had this knowledge from a, a viewpoint of somebody who's just kind of in the thick of it. And I was like, I'm pretty sure we can do this. So I trusted that yeah. Shelby's vision of the show was going to, to come true with my knowledge of, of how to actually put this whole thing together. And we just, we blossomed into something that I, I really do think, I really do think the entire concept and the entirety of the atrium is, uh, uh it's got potential out the ass, Yeah, but it has to be handled in a, a it has to be handled in the, the proper way. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is, uh, that's the, the moment that Shelby and I are, are, you know, we're, we're being patient for. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy to see something like this just sit on the shelf like it has been. Um, Mm -hmm. but it, it, it won't forever. Yeah. Um, possibly in, in whatever number of different incarnations. Um, yeah. The atrium will, will continue. It'll be something that, that won't, won't die. It can't die. It's been, you know, 18 years in the making. Yeah. I mean, no matter what happens to the show, it's created, you guys made it together and it's always going to be something that you guys can look back at. Uh, no matter what happens with it, and see the, the finished product of such a, a dream, a yeah. goal, and it's all tangible, and you you have it. The prize is there; it's done. We, but now the next step is getting it to as many people to to see it and enjoy it. You know, well, the inspiring, the, the inspiring part, the inspiring part, <laughs> the inspiring part is knowing that we had a dream and we fulfilled that dream mm-hmm. once before. So there's no reason that we can't do it a second, the third, yeah. or fourth time. You know, and that's what I'm trying to do. That's what we're doing with with all of our different shows. You yeah. know, we've got all these great ideas, and we're just uh, rather than asking why, we've been asking a lot of why nots. Yeah, exactly. Surrounding ourselves with a lot of people that ask that ask a lot of why mm-hmm. nots as well. Mm-hmm. And that's that's invaluable some, to it, an artist. It is invaluable. It's like we we definitely are inspired by other people's crafts, and so w- all you do is learn from other people, and if you can take that knowledge which yeah. is just do what you want to do do yeah. it make it yeah if you have exactly. an idea if you want to draw something if you want to whatever if you want to build something do it and make it and someone will see it and they'll love it you know absolutely so it may <laughs> they may not see and they it. may hate it <laughs> they may not see it at the moment that you want them to see it yeah they, you're right they may hate it mm-hmm. they, they may not react the way that you want them to react and it doesn't matter it doesn't matter because all that matters is what you what you knew and learned and saw about yourself while you were doing it and after you were doing it and how it makes you feel. There's a reaction. I mean, goodness, I, I did that. Like Mm -hmm. Shelby directed that. I produced that. We did this together. Mm -hmm. We did the atrium together Mm -hmm. and I am proud as hell of everything that was put into it and everything that has come out of it so far. Um, which is, I mean, again, that's why being patient is is the necessity mm-hmm. at this point because I think it deserves the best. And yeah, um, it's any, tough because you have something like that, and then you're like, there's so many other people that were involved. It's like you want it to succeed because you want them to succeed with it, and all these different like things. Exactly, you know? exactly. So but it, you yeah. know what? It's great to see everybody on their ride because uh, mm-hmm. that's that's one of the benefits of social media is that if if I want to keep up with certain people, I can, and and my cast members are are. I say my cast Your members. cast members? Yeah. My they call me precious. daddy. <laughs> um, <laughs> they call me daddy. The cast members are people that I am definitely friends with on Facebook, and I, I, I pay attention to their feeds because, you know, they're acting and doing their own things. They have many yeah. other projects and whatnot. <laughs> I hope that 
any number of them takes off for the for these people. Absolutely. Because they were there for us when we needed them and we'll be there for them whenever mm-hmm. they need us, you know. Um and dude, like, I mean, come on. You can put on TV shows and this show compared to some stuff that's out there, it's like that's come true. on. Come on. That's true. Absolutely. <laughs> Somebody's I mean, got to pick this up. Well, Shelby and I are not cl- <laughs> claiming to to have made just the be all end all TV pilot here mm-hmm. by any means, but we think it's that the presentation. We have, we have done enough. Uh, no, enough is not is not the right word. Scratch that. We have done what we did in the best way we absolutely knew how and mm-hmm. were able to do at this moment, and we think that we we've put together a piece that shows our integrity and shows that we do know what we're doing and, yeah. and people can, uh, you know, give us an opportunity to, uh, to continue to shine. Yeah. You know, that's why this podcasting network is such an important thing for me is because we don't need anybody mm-hmm. to, to do this other than ourselves and, and, and mm-hmm. our own motivations. And here we are 10 episodes in. Yeah. We're number 10, you know, it's a celebration station. It is. It is. Celebrate good times. Yeah. Come on. Celebrate good times. <laughs> Suddenly we uh, we start busting out with Will 2K. You know, start singing about, you know, the new Willennium. <laughs> what the fuck is that? I don't even know what that is. You don't know what that is? The Will 2K? Oh, man. Yeah, Will 2K. Like, uh, Will Smith had a rap album that came out, you know, 1999, oh. right before the year 2000. Really? And he's got this song that's like... Here he's... comes a man in black. <laughs> Ha, he was ha, in, yeah. He was just in uh, Jersey Girl. I watched that the other day. Kevin <laughs> Smith's Jersey Girl. I like Will Smith, man. Will Smith's great. Will yeah. Smith plays a. He's he's kind of got a pivotal uh, part in this in this Jersey Girl movie. Yeah, because uh, he's what causes Ben Affleck to lose his job at the beginning of the movie and oh. focus on his daughter. Really, and then at the end of the movie. He's Ben Affleck's in this. He's about to go into this important job interview, and he's going to miss his daughter's play because he's he's trying to get his job back and this, that, and the other. And mm. Will Smith sits down and is like, "Man, if I was a smart man, I'd be home playing with my kids right now." Blah blah blah. And, you know all oh. these these different inspiring parental things. Mm-hmm. And Ben Affleck's like, "Oh my god!" And he leaves. And yeah. you know that's the the pivotal point in the movie. Da-da-da. So as you know, you got your 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 up and down of yeah. of how Will Smith plays into that movie. That's cool. Yeah. But it, I forgot that that was part of it. That movie came out such a, a number of years ago that it's it's been a while since I've seen it. And I forgot that he he was kind of the the linchpin. Yeah. What's your favorite Will Smith uh, film? My favorite Will Smith film. Gosh. Um, he did a great job in The Pursuit of Happiness. Yeah, he was you great. Know, in that. that one was really good. I'll always like him in in Independence Day. Oh, yeah. You know, that for me that's classic Will Smith. I think that's yeah, that's my classic Will Smith. You and know, then uh I Am Legend. I Am Legend was really good. He was awesome. In that that was that was very very good. Um Yeah. Pursuit of Happiness was probably the the most like oof. Your heart. He he did such a great job. I I think that you watched him just take a beating for so much of that movie. He wanted to sell those no uh, <laughs> those fucking things oh, you would carry the around. Bone density yeah. scanners, wasn't that what it was? Yeah, just it was he like, would carry those around. Man, but it made it all worth it for his performance mm-hmm. there. In the it's literally in the last two minutes of the movie. Yeah, he gets that job at the at the investment firm, and he's just like it makes you look at sales in you a whole just new way. See him applaud <laughs> like he uh, he is so excited he can't do anything but applaud mm-hmm. what has just happened because finally he's he's made a better situation for him and his son. Yeah, you know, and I mean Will Smith's just a he's got it in him. Mm-hmm. He's got it in him. He's great. I also liked him in uh, Wild Wild West. Oh gosh. <laughs> 
Wild Wild West. That was such West. a goober movie. That was <laughs> such a crazy movie. <laughs> I enjoyed it though. That came that came you know right after Men in Black and uh, maybe Men in Black Two or something like that. Yeah, kind of capitalizing on on the the hotness of Will yeah. Smith. He had a heyday there where he was like really like just boom, for a boom, while, boom, boom, though, boom, everything. Like he was Fresh Prince in music for a while, mm-hmm. and then he did the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air on TV. And then when he crossed the the whole line into movies with Independence Day and mm-hmm. Men in Black, man, there was no stopping him. And he had a legitimate music career. I mean. He did. For real. Like, he did. And you know what? That's part you know, of. That's to those who loved his music. <laughs> Jersey Girl is Ben Affleck. Is a, he's, a music, he's a music publicist. Yeah. And he's like, what the hell are we publicizing this thing this fresh prince guy i mean he's never gonna make it in movies this is blah 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 and so he loses his job and then ironically you know <laughs> that's great big famous will smith's there at the end of the movie you that's know? great it's just funny that's awesome yeah. yeah i gotta see that yeah it's a good one all right it's a good one check it out kevin smith's um critically acclaimed worst movie ever okay so i've never but seen I it. Loved it i thought i saw the kevin i like jersey girl i didn't see that one yeah it's it's mm. good it's on netflix it's worth checking out all right. that's for sure note to self jersey yeah. girl jersey girl well, dude, dude, it was good talking about the atrium and like, thanks, man, dude, congratulations again. I wish I could have been there to thanks. see it all. And congratulations all. to all the cast. If you've yeah. made it all the way through this episode, more power to you. Yeah, thank let's you. give him a hand right now. Thank you for listening. But thank you from the bottom of my heart. I'm sure if Shelby was here. He'd, he'd thank you too. Yeah, man. You good guys job, Shelby. It. Thank you for bringing our dream to life. Yeah. Damn. Well, I guess it's time to close the show, huh? It's usually that time. We have to do it at some point. Isn't that the Mickey Mouse song at the end of the oh, man. Mickey Mouse Club? I can't sing too much. M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E. Shut the fuck up. Cut, cut, cut it all. Where's my Coke? I took my Coke out of my dressing room. <laughs> He's just in like a dressing room that looks down. Oh no, it's Mickey Mouse. Oh good. I can see a shadow. Oh shit, we gotta go. Just these big ears on the wall. <laughs> yeah, we're done, guys. Sorry. We gotta, we gotta run away from this this yes. killer mouse here. Yeah. He's scary. So for this week on High Dare, I'm Ian. And I'm Joe. <laughs> and everybody <laughs> I hit my face on the microphone. And so we gotta go. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at high underscore dare. And be sure to check us out online at enterthealftree.com for all you old school dot comers. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>